What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Altered Podcast. I am your host today, uh, Dan the Man, Dan with the Plan, Daniel Hamilton, Dan Ham, whatever you want to call me. I'm here for you guys. But I'm also joined by my good friend, my partner in crime, Mr. Matt Brown. Matt, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Felt like you gave yourself more compliments than me, self-centered. Uh, you know, <laughs> just looking out for number one, man. You know how it'd be sometimes. Um, I want to start this podcast off by doing something that we've never done, but I just thought it'd be kind of cool to see where we go with this. Um, and you know the game, Two Truths and a Lie, right? You've played that before? Yes. So I'm going to give you a second to think about, you know, your two, or sorry, two lies and a truth. Oh, two right. lies and a truth? Okay. Wait, I'm trying to think. No, you had it, it's the other way around. You're yeah, yeah, right. two, two truths and a lie, and you got to find out what the lie is. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, I will start off. I've been thinking about this all day because I wanted to do this once we started hitting the record button, um, and I just want to see kind of like how well you can spot it out. So my first one is that I am left-handed just like my dad. Um. The second one is that I cut my sister's hair once. And the third one is I grew up across from a farm. Two truths and a lie. Matt, what is that lie? I think the lie is the third one. It didn't sound as convincing to me that you lived across from a farm. Because of the way I said it? I don't know. That's just my guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it, dude. I'm really impressed. <laughs> just kidding. The first, it was the first one that I'm left-handed like my dad. Um, oh, yeah. I, got, I got really excited because I got it right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, it's, it's the first one. Um, in fact, I'm really like infatuated by like, people who are left-handed. It just seems like such a weird way to live, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, not taking any shots at anyone. It just seems like, like, what are you doing with your life if you're left-handed? I don't know. Just my opinion. Um, but yeah, man, um, I did cut my sister's hair once, uh, so that is the truth. I mean, what brother has not done that? If you grew up with a sister like kind of near your age, like an older sister, you've at least attempted to do it. Um, and then in Georgetown for the longest time where I grew up at, it used to be a lot of, like a lot of farmland. Um, so that, that's not far fetched, but you'd have to be from where I live to kind of know that, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, all right, Matt. So are you ready? Yep, I am. Let's do it. Um, okay. So premise one is, oh, I lost the, I lost the lie. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I was I, I had I have my truth set. Let me mix them up again. I was gonna do it first too. Okay. Um, that one. Um, man, this is tough. Okay, I got I got one. I got it. Okay. All right. Premise one. I have been scuba diving. Okay. Premise two. I almost shot my friend with a rifle when I was younger. Uh, premise three. I broke my wrist when I was a kid. So I'm going to say that the lie is number three. That I broke my wrist when I was a kid? Yeah. Incorrect, sir. I've actually, I've just never been scuba diving. Um, Dude, you know, I was thinking like you lived in Kentucky a lot of your life. And so I was like, well, there's really no oceans to go scuba diving in. And you don't go scuba diving like in a lake. Um, but I was like, but he lives in South Carolina, which is close to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So maybe, and then I'm thinking like, I'm not saying you're just like unathletic or like a slob, but I'm like, I don't know how much Matt really got out when he was younger. (laughs) And and usually it's like kids who aren't as active, like they're not breaking bones. Um, and if you live in Kentucky, there's always some sort of gun story. Like you've done something with a gun. So I knew that had to be legit. Well, the funny thing is the person I almost shot was Jesse Mertens and he's, uh, he's probably listening to this podcast. So shout out. Um, no way. Well, I need, I need to have the story. story. Yeah. 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 I got you. I got you. So this was back in, I'd say eighth grade or ninth grade of, of school. And we were over at a friend's house. His name was Jared. And, we were playing video games in their basement and on their wall above the couch, they had like five rifles just sitting there. Um, 
So while Jesse was playing, he was playing uh, zombies on Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> I went up and I grabbed one of the rifles and I was just looking at it. And so you know, you know how like when you were younger, everybody did this at some point, where you had like an airsoft gun or something that was empty and you would scare your friends by like shooting it at them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So I had every intention of doing the same thing with Jesse. So I I got the rifle and I literally aimed it at his head and I was like. Dude, like, what would you do if I shot you? And, well, I don't know what got me not to pull the trigger, but I lowered the gun, and I just I pulled the trigger like while it was sitting at my in my lap, and I blew a hole in the wall with the oh. gun. My thing is, is who puts a loaded gun above your couch when there's kids playing video games right beside it? But I digress. But yes, I almost killed Jesse. And dude, oh yeah. my gosh, that's insane! That's my parents don't even know about that story, so surprised if they come across this. <laughs> right, man. We did, we did everything we could to hide that. <laughs> right, dude, blew a hole in the wall. So, like, what did his like? What did his dad do when he got home? Like, so nobody was home except for us, Jared, and his mom. But Jared wasn't with us, and his mom was upstairs too. So they heard the gunshot. The mom came down like screaming in terror. Like thought we yeah. thought that someone was dead. Yeah. And I I totally get it. Um Jared ended up getting on the phone with his dad who was not as nice about it. He was like, "Why are people around our guns and stuff like that?" Um mm-hmm. well, you know, cuz it made sense like why we were so close to him. Right. But I I won't give my commentary just in case he may be listening, but I don't I don't think the fault was entirely on us, but anyways, <laughs> um so he got really mad and we ended up leaving and I went back to his house one time since then and I wasn't allowed to go inside. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think that's fair. I and mean, we almost murdered murdered the poor yeah. guy. I mean, yeah. But uh we always every time that I talk to Jesse, I'm always like, in a way, I kinda saved your life because you wouldn't be alive had it not been for me not shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean that is true. That is true. So really he should be thankful. I he mean, should be he should be happy that I didn't <laughs> shoot him. <laughs> right. right. Have you ever been asked like a really like tough theological question and you think to yourself like 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 a question that you can't quite answer because you don't know like a good answer for it and you feel mm-hmm. terrible not be able to answer it on the spot? Oh yes. Like that that happens pretty frequently actually where someone will ask me a question that's like out of left field and I'm like I have no idea and I'm not even sure I'm interested in finding some of the answers because some <laughs> questions are just wild. Right. Well, g- give me like an example of one you've been asked recently. Um. So the the common question that I get that I I've never had an answer for, um, is why does God seem like He's so much more angry in the Old Testament than the New Testament? Like mm-hmm. it almost seems seems like Jesus is like a different person than, right. than God. Um. And I get where they're coming from, but a lot of the stories, you know, have a lot of uh, exaggerated metaphors and things like that. And some things just happen the way that they happen. And there's not really a whole lot of like, I can't be like, oh, well, it it didn't happen. Like, it wasn't what it sounded like. But, you know, there's some like, how do you reconcile that to to, uh, because Jesus doesn't kill anybody. He actually mm-hmm. says, "Love your enemies," all this stuff. But then you see God kill a lot of his enemies, and so it's right. Uh, and so that's the question I get commonly, where I'm like, you know, I will do my best to answer this, but I don't think there's a way of of fully understanding that without knowing perfectly the context of the writing. Because who knows? Some of the writing we may just be reading it totally wrong and not even realize it because of our cultural context. Right. Um, yeah. But that one, uh, I get questions about, um, another one is like, you know, for dudes, uh, and most people watching this are probably around either our age or younger, but dudes will ask, uh, about, um, not like if I don't look at porn, but I engage in other physical activity by myself, mm-hmm. uh, is that against the Bible? And there's nothing in the Bible that explicitly says anything about it. So that right. question is always fun. Well, and I know Judas Smith kind of came under fire recently. Really? For, for some, what? For something similar to that, because like um, the well, and, and like I, I'm I'm okay to like to kind of talk about it just for like 
I know it's kind of weird about topics like this, but like talking about like basically like if he's away from his wife, is he allowed to like do certain things and like even as long as he's in thought of his wife, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, if you're yeah. getting what I'm putting down, he he, yep. he came under a lot, like a lot of fire, uh, a, lot, a lot of backlash recently over that. Uh, and, and it's kind of the same thing, right? Um, you're 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 doing something that doesn't have like the worst intention. So is it is that considered like a sin? Is that considered you know uh, wrong? Like is is that against what you know the Lord would have for you? Um, what did he end up saying that was like uh, that put him under fire? Was he um, like it's okay or what? Yeah. So his, his stance on it, and I'm not saying I completely disagree or agree. Uh, was that like it's something that him and his wife has talked about, uh, and they're really open about it, and uh, they both came to terms that you know if he's like away or something, and like they're away from each other, like that's something that she is okay with him doing. Um, and he, I, I don't want to say he like encouraged it, like for others as well, but I like, I don't know. I, I think. Like to take and once again, not most educated. I just kind of I saw like a post or I read something about it. I just I think he kind of left it as like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's not a big deal. Like you know, wow. talk to your talk to your spouse about it. And you know, like I said, I'm not here to you know give a comment either way. Um, but that's I mean, it's a great question though. It's yeah. a, it's a great question, Dang. and I I don't think I, I I could never really give like 100 percent answer either way. I, I have my own convictions for sure just like anyone else would um, whether it goes either way. But, but yeah, no, there, there's hard questions. The one that I I'd kind of always struggled with because growing up, it was very apparent or so I thought um, it was apparent was sal- like a salvation question. Like, can I lose my salvation? Like, uh, it, yeah. is it even possible? And um, for the longest time, I really did think it was possible. I, I, I really did. And whether, I don't know whether you agree or disagree, um, I think that it's a question that people really ponder because, you know, life isn't simple and and life really throws a lot of things at you. Um, and and before you know it, we, we can find ourselves in the worst possible situations, go down the worst paths. Um, and it's, it's, it's never intentional. Like we don't mean to do it. It's just, but we're just, we're not, we're not perfect. Um, and for the longest time, I really thought that losing your salvation was something that could happen really easily. And I I always had that fear, that fear of God in me. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that if, if I just wasn't keeping the 10 commandments and, you know, if I was, um, not, not following it to a T that I'm just, I'm just one step away from hell, man. And the more I, I personally feel like when, you know, when I was younger, it was hard. It was easy to answer that question, but as I've gotten older, it's like, well, here's the thing. Let, let, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me, let me explain to you why it's not an open and shut case. And what I find is that oftentimes, um, it, which is not always a bad thing, but we, we always want to have like a black and white answer. Yeah, right. For, for things for things like that, and I t- I totally get it um, because I used to be that way, but there's some things that are just they're just, they're just not that simple, and I think mm-hmm. salvation is one one of the bigger things because I mean salvation that's that's the the most important if not the most important thing about Christianity is 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 being saved you know uh, find finding uh, who Jesus really is right. Um, so I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on 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 salvation, or like, do you think it's possible someone can lose their salvation? I, I'm actually pretty. Like, this is a question that I wrestled with for a while too, especially when I moved out of uh, Kentucky in 2015, because I grew up thinking that. Because uh, I, I remember having a conversation with someone one time. Um, I was at a church that I used to attend in in Kentucky because I was wrestling with this stuff, but I didn't know who I could ask, so I asked a question kind of like a hypothetical just to see what they would say. Mm-hmm. But I was I said, how many times like what is the number? Like how many times does someone have to sin in order for them to lose their salvation? And I heard one person say, you know, that depends on the 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 severity of the sin. I had mm-hmm. one person that told me it just takes one, one sin, you you lost it. Uh, we're supposed to be holy. And I'm like, okay. 
not disregard that one. Um, and, and just all all these ideas that seem to not be consistent, even within one church. And so that's how I knew that maybe people are wrestling with this stuff. They just don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of landed on the idea. Well, for one, I, I see salvation so different now than I used to see it. Like I used to see it as like this, this transactional thing. You pr- you pray the right words and boom, you're saved. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see it as something so much more now centric as opposed to we're just doing this so we don't die and go to hell and that's right. it. Um, but anyways, besides that, but um, I I don't see salvation as something that can be lost because if if Jesus if it was by grace through faith that we were saved, if he's the one that has us in the palm of his hand, if he's the one that has given us the grace to follow him, then or for, let me let me word it like this. If if works isn't what saved us, why is it that lack of works is what gets us away from salvation? Like mm-hmm. if, if we were never saved by works, then why is it that we can do enough bad things to lose a salvation? That's that's always been my biggest objection. So I kind of lean more into that salvation can't be lost because salvation isn't even earned by us. Right. Um, and so that's where I lean, but you know, I I don't like to throw like you said, it's it's a very complex question. Uh, and I think it has a lot of Western ph- philosophical thoughts into it, which is is fine. Um, I just think that there may be question, and this is what I was going to say um, earlier. I just I totally forgot to, to throw it in there, but. Uh, one thing I try to do when people ask me these these kind of questions is I try to get them to think about a different question or ask a better question, mm-hmm. so that way they can wrestle with the better question instead of focusing on the things that aren't really as close-handed or even as important as the most important things. So like with salvation, instead of being like, can I lose my salvation? I would ask, why do you even like why is that even in your mind to begin with do you do you have desire to do things that you shouldn't do and you want to know how much you can do right like, do you want to abuse this grace that you've been given um instead of being like oh well let me just answer the theological question you're asking and not even address the reason why they're even asking it sure um and usually that ends up because i've had that question before too um but usually turning it on that side of it they're like okay like maybe Maybe I need to stop worrying about that and just enjoy Jesus. Like, it's, it's yeah. not a question that even needs to be answered if you really do follow Jesus. Um, 100%. And yeah, I, that's kind of my thought. Ask, answering the question by asking you a question, number one, that's classic Jesus. Yeah, he always right. did that. Absolutely. Um, and I remember talking about this topic with someone, and his question was, well, what can separate us from the love of Jesus? Because that's really what we're talking about. Like, what sure. can you do that can separate us from the love of Jesus? And and Paul very clearly states in Romans 8, you know, that nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. Um, and it's like we either believe that truth or we don't. Um, yeah. And so he argued that, it, sure, it may be possible. It may be possible. Um, but who who are we to say? That this person, you can look at a person and say, "Yep, yeah, they've definitely they're, they're close to losing it, or or, or that," and yes. that really the at at the core of it, the real issue is: do they understand the reality or, or the truth of who Jesus really is? Um, and I think we've kind of talked about that before. It's like once you kind of get that reality of of who he is and what he's done and how much you're truly loved, it's like a question like that, like you know. You won't, you, you'll never, you won't wonder, you won't wonder things like that when you're just so, so full of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so, but no, I was just curious what you thought, cause you know, I, I always thought when, whenever, um, I was a teenager and I was kind of old enough to kind of form my own opinions and kind of, uh, learn things for myself and kind of decide what I believe and where I stand on things. My biggest fear, man um was like what if someone asked me a question about the bible or about grace or about god uh and it's a good question but i can't answer it you know yeah. like am i going to am i going to like 
do a disservice to God? Like, am I going to like to lose, lose a soul for the kingdom? And, you know, like <laughs> your mind goes to all these places. Um, and I personally feel like the route that I, I started to take, well, I got to a certain point where I realized I couldn't do that because I don't have all the answers. And let me just say, I never will. Uh, at one point I thought that I did, <laughs> but I was, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, I get to the point of like, if, if, if there's, I would much rather get to know someone um, before I ever try to like convince them of something or try to minister to them. Like if someone truly has a question about something in the Bible, it's okay, well, let's, let's just stop right there. Um, And let me get to know you and know who you are and know what you're about before we ever try to tackle questions like this. Yeah. Yeah. I had it. The crazy thing is, is um, I feel like, trying to man i feel like that same kind of mindset um because the way that you said it is great i feel like there's been people though that i've known especially here in the bible belt who who instead of trying to be loving and caring of the person when they ask these questions that are uncomfortable they immediately go into defense mode and start like giving their their arguments and case and they, and they start like just going off on the person and they feel like they don't even like, why, why do they even ask this question? This person doesn't even want to hear anything I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a, a conversation with, there's a mutual friend that I met through some other friends. Um, or not a mutual, I'm sorry. I met a guy through some mutual friends, what I meant to say, but um, this guy is actually a, you know, he's bisexual. And so I was actually, I had a conversation with him earlier today. We were like in a, a uh, voice chat with some other friends and he was mentioning how he was a a former Christian, and the reason why he left the faith was because there were people who were always trying to tell him how horrible he was for being gay. And that was like, every time they had a conversation with him, they always brought it to that conversation. Like, hey, I know we're friends, but like, just so you know, you need to stop being gay. And they just right. keep, keep having those conversations. And, you know, I get it. People have convictions, and as they should. Everyone should have convictions. But the moment that you start using your convictions as a weapon of destruction against someone, that's when it becomes a problem. And so one thing I told him is I was like, for one, like, I am so sorry for the way that, that Christians have treated you because there are people who are good out there. Don't Please don't base all of Christianity or even God on the fact that there are some really terrible Christians out there, uh, quote-unquote Christians. Um and so, like, just having that conversation, he told me, he's like, you know, you're the kind of person that I wish that I would have had a conversation with originally because the way that you're talking to me is so much more Christ-like and loving than the other people that talked to me mm-hmm. that actually pushed me away from God. Um, and so now, like, now he's kind of in this place of, you know, he just doesn't really care. It's more like apathy than anything. It doesn't, he's not really full-on atheist or anything like that, I don't believe. I think it's just more that he doesn't, he doesn't want to engage with Christianity because of the people. Um, but yeah, like those kind of questions commonly get brought up by people who aren't currently practicing Christians for the most part. Um, or, or maybe they are, and they're kind of like sliding away from the church out of some personal feeling. And I do feel like those questions sometimes are best left totally unanswered. And actually not answering that question is more loving than trying to be like, yeah, you're you're wrong about everything you believe about this, and here's what I think, and that's the end of it. Like, yeah. Well, and you said it best. I mean, usually if someone's asking you a specific question, um, you know, if you've been in ministry long enough or been in church long enough, there's usually some sort of hurt behind that. There's some sort of offense behind that. Yeah. Um, nine times out of ten, because I've done the same thing when I've been hurt. It's like I I make like my motive behind asking questions is like, I really need to hear, hear what people are saying because I am almost done. I'm yeah. at my breaking point. I can't do this anymore. Um, and I just, I've always like, why is it like, I know, I know that like Christians can be like very judgmental. They can be very judgmental, but I, I, I want to know like, why is it that like that feeling of superiority? Like, why is that like, like it feels so good sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, sure, like yeah. to have the moral high ground. Like, why does it feel so good? That's what like, I've never been able to understand. Because um, I mean, if you 
if you look at the life of Jesus, I mean, he, I mean, he, he loved people and he told the truth. But to say that he ever came across as like this person who just had the moral high ground and he knew it, he's all that in a bag of chips. Like he never came across as someone with his attitude of just purity over others. Yeah. Uh, and I've always wondered why is it as Christians like why do why does it feel so good? That's yeah. So I, and the fun, the irony in that is that we criticize the Pharisees for how they treated Jesus, but I'm telling you, the American church is the most Pharisee. The script, like if you want to know what a Pharisee is, look at the American church. That that is literally how the Pharisees were. Is all they cared about was they they checked all the boxes and then they made sure everybody else checked the boxes. And if they didn't check the boxes, they would exercise every kind of power they had to let everybody know how they have not been practicing everything right. Like the woman caught in adultery, they brought her out in the middle of everybody, planning to stone her. Which you know by the law is is technically correct, but the way that they handled that whole situation was a way that humiliated her, not a way that was loving towards her at all. Um, and I, we see the same stuff. So like when somebody comes to your church and they, let's just say, you know, let's say you're a Pentecostal and you have someone come to your church who during worship, they don't even raise their hands. I, I have been in places where they have said like, you know, so-and-so probably needs a little bit more Jesus. They didn't raise their hands during worship. And it's like, what, <laughs> what, yeah. what? And so, but like you're saying, we get, it does feel good whenever you're right and you, you know, things are true. And I am really guilty of this. When I know that I'm right about something, um, I am, and it's really hard for me to have a conversation with someone without me sounding, um, you know, like I'm, I'm smarter than you. Um, I'm better than you. And because you don't believe you're an idiot, like that's kind of how I, I portray my thoughts sometimes. And, uh, definitely something I'm trying to work on, but, uh, yeah, it's it does. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I think it's just the part of us that it goes all the way back to the garden. Like the reason why um, Adam and Eve fell into this idea that they could eat the fruit is because they felt like they didn't need God and they could do things themselves. Yeah. Um. And through that, it's like okay, like I am in a way God, mm-hmm. and that's how ever since then that's how we've been. It's just this idea of. I am God. I don't need anybody else. Um, I especially don't need God because I'm doing everything God told me to do. Um, and it's just, it, it's a weird irony. Like we, we preach that it's not about works and we say that Christ saved us by grace through faith. And yet we live our lives as though he saved us by our works. It's, it's so yeah. backwards, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and it's the thing for me, like, in First John, and I'm going to paraphrase the scripture. I think it's in chapter three. Uh, it basically talks about you know, um, let us not just love you know with our words, but in deed and in truth, right? Like let, let's let's put some put some action to it. And I mentioned that verse because um, you're, you're so right on. You know, we we talk about the Pharisees. We talk about how much God loves us. We talk about how it's not about works. We talk about how, you know, all have fallen short, but our actions oftentimes tell a very different story. Um, and, and both, both cases are true. Um, in that it's, it's, it's like the sixth cycle almost. It's the sixth cycle. It's like we convince ourselves in one way, but it's like, we just, we, for a lot of us, and I've been guilty of it. We just we can't get over. I've got to perform. I've got. I've, I've got to. I've got to be. Uh, I've got to be a certain way. Do a certain way. You know, whatever. Um, but all the while, like you're 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 running yourself down because, like, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes, like, I, I'll read the Bible and like even the Tenth Commandments. Like, it's just, you know, there. Do you remember? And I don't know if this is still a thing when schools started to take the 10 commandments out like out or like you you know what i mean like they they started to do away with like having the 10 commandments posted around the school um yeah it was like a big deal like people yep. like were freaking out over it i remember being in school and i'm like okay like uh, okay what whatever like cuz the the whole argument was like oh it's just it's a war on god you know that they're doing this and and people fought and they could very well still be fighting to get the 10 commandments back in the school and you know, and that might be commendable. It might be, but like for some people, like me, like sometimes I'll, I'll read the Ten Commandments. I'll and it's just a reminder that, dude, I'm zero for ten. 
like I can't keep the law perfect. I can't do yeah. that. Like it's 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 just one discouraging discouraging commandment after another. It's so difficult. Um, and you know we can make this push that you know the Ten Commandments are important, but the Ten Commandments has, has never saved me from my trespasses. Yep. The Ten Commandments has has never brought me out of the hole that I'm in. It, it's it's always been Jesus. It's always been yeah. Jesus. Um, and so you know the the cycle that you're in, it's like you know I, I've got to perform. Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. You know, Jesus covers all. Jesus, um, Jesus is in my life, but I still have to perform. It's yep. it's it, it's always taking the focus off of Him in some way, and and that's the thing. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all. If if, if there's just a little space of, of doubt, just a little space of man, I, you know, I got to be careful here. I got I got to start kind of, you know, uh, it, it, my my own pedigree. I got to trust, you know, uh, my own discipline. I got to do it this way. It, it doesn't take much, man, just to to think that we can do it on our own. Yeah, hundred percent. And I actually have heard uh, messages. I, I remember one message specifically that I heard where the preacher. He had so he had chairs out in front of him while he preached, and he said that God puts you in a seat of salvation, but it's your job to stay in that seat. And I was like, "There's a problem with that. Like, if God's the one that put us in this, like, so he he made it seem like for one, God presented the seat, but it was your job to sit in it, as if you're the one who is putting yourself in that seat of salvation." Mm-hmm. But also that if you don't stay in your seat, then it's like God's going to remove the chair. Mm. Um, and so, it, and the way he described it was just so unbelievably terrible, in my opinion. But um, the 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 thing that's frustrated me is this really comes down to how we see God, because we either see God as a God who is fighting for our heart and fighting to see us with Him, or we see him as a God who is just waiting for us to mess up so that he can kill us. Mm-hmm. So if we're saved, if we're saved by grace and he's wanting us to, to keep those works going in order to stay saved or keep those works going in order for him to be pleased with us, then for me, it says something about God, not really even about us. It's like God is just waiting for us to mess up so that he can remove that, that grace from you. Like he's waiting for you to screw up. When in reality, I think it's the complete opposite. I think God brings you, like if you think about a parent and a kid, you if let's just say for I don't well you ha, you're about to have a kid, so I can just say this for you because I think that you already have that that love for your kid that is un, indescribable. Oh yeah. Um. So imagine let's just say your kid is a teenager, which Lord, we don't want to talk about that yet. But let's just say your kid's a teenager, and and decides to go out and like. You know, sleep around. Yes, I please, I'm not speaking this over her, but she goes out and like does all these horrible things, and you know, does drugs, all this crazy stuff, and comes back home. I'd be willing to bet everything that I've ever owned in my life that you would not be like, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did that. I man, you're not welcome back home. Yeah, you, you got you got to go out and make sure you do things right first, and then you can come back home. You would say, listen, I don't care what you've done. I am just glad that you're with me. Like yeah. I, I'm embracing you, I'm loving you. Like you, you could have went out and murdered somebody, and I would still be just as much in love with you as my kid, as I was when you were first born. And so, it, it, but if if that's how we handle kids, how much more does God handle His kids? A God of infinite love, a God that has a perfect love. I just I never understood, and especially now that you know, once if you think about this just rationally, it doesn't make sense for us to put that on God to say He's just waiting for us to keep all the law. Otherwise, we're gonna have to, you know, so we have to be resaved and repray the prayer so we don't go to hell. Like it's either Jesus paid it all or He didn't pay it all. Like did Jesus actually conquer everything on the cross, or did mm-hmm. He just conquer what you were able to actually keep up yourself? Right. Um. And so yeah. Well, it's it's almost like we. I remember reading a book once, and um, it, the book it's it's titled "Jesus Is Blank." That's by Judah Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Judah Smith again, uh, now this I, I do agree with his take on on the gospel and 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 truly what it is and who Jesus really is. And mm-hmm. I remember reading, and, and I, I've I've done messages about this before, like the the face of Jesus, the face of a father, 
um, it's so important to understand the face of Jesus and, and how he really feels about us. And he talks about, you know, through life, we kind of, we experience certain things about what a father is. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger uh, by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. The NIV version says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Um, I, you know, some, some people, their experiences with like a a father has been nothing but like frustration. It's been nothing but someone who was just so relentless with them. Um, and that they were just so on top of them and that they're like, literally like their response was, I I can never please you and everything that I do there, I can never please you. And that is their picture of what a father is. And so you take your experiences and you superimpose that on the ultimate authority, the, 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 the good father who, who is, is, is God, Jesus. Um, and you kind of have that picture that that's who he is, that, that, that's, that's, that's who he must be when in fact, the opposite is true. Jesus's face and, and, and who he really is, is the complete opposite of what we ever thought we had like I, I had an amazing father, but but God's love for me is so much deeper than what my my own dad had for me, um, yeah. and it's just that truth and, and seeing Jesus's face uh, for for who he really is, uh, it can it can truly change everything. But like you said, you know, we just we we already have our ideas about who he is. I mean, we look at the story of uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Um, and in this book, it, it, it talks about how, you know, this woman, she knew she was breaking the law. She knew she was breaking the law, but she still went for it. Like she had this amazing faith that if I could just touch him, if I could just touch him, I can be healed. And she was healed instantly. And yep. in the book, it draws attention to the gestures of Jesus. Talk about, you know, Jesus, he searched around for the woman at first, but the woman, she did not reveal herself she was petrified uh she she was so scared and it, it and it asked the question how many christians today have been like that woman where they're afraid to return whether it's to god's presence whether it's to the to church because they're convinced that there will be judgment that there will be condemnation when in fact the opposite is true jesus stopped what he was doing glory had left left him he knew it he he knew that someone had received something and he yeah. made it a point to look this woman in her face so that she could truly see who God was. Um, and that's the kind of God that we have. I mean, it's, he just, he, it's like he's adamant and passionate to show his approval for his children. I mean, you, you read the New Testament, it's, it's passion for approval. Uh, and, and, and it shows that in everything that Jesus does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. That's such a good example because— um... I think so often too, we kind of think that, and you know, I, this is not as, this is the one thing that about my upbringing that I really loved is that they did put a strong emphasis on coming as you are to Christ initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do love that they have that aspect of it where it's like, um, you can come to him without works, but the problem uh, is just that we, we kind of think that that God changes after we've been saved. It's like he was super welcoming of us at first, but then, you know, now that now that we're in the family, then we we got we better do the right things or we're gonna get a whooping, you know, is and it's just it's it's so unfortunate because I, I think that has been that has been the thing, honestly, over the last really the last month or so that the Lord has been shining his light like in the corners of my heart. Those parts of me that say that I have to make sure I'm doing the right things in order to please God. Like there, the question, um, and this may be a little too, um, too mystical for for the listeners, but you know, most of our listeners, I feel like, are kind of if they if they made it this far, then they're kind of used to it, <laughs> right? Um, I we went we had a prayer night lat not this this last Tuesday. Well, at the time we're recording this, this is March the first, so this is won't be relevant to those who are listening. So we had a prayer night on the 21st of February. And uh, I went in a little bit early because I really felt like the Lord was wanting to do some things with me in a place of just secret and alone. And I felt that drawing. And so I went and I laid in our sanctuary and just 
and really just listened because I didn't know what God was wanting to do. And um, I felt the Holy Spirit and that, like, you know, really bringing some things to mind. Like, uh, and the question that, that consist- consistently came up is, why do you do the things that you do? And my thing was, like, what do you mean? Like, why do I, like, what, what, give me some examples. And, you know, I started going through some of my spiritual disciplines. Like, why do I read my Bible? Why do I pray? Why do I go to church? Why do I do these things? Um, why did, why did I read my Bible that day? And I remember the reason that I read my Bible that day was because I hadn't read it in a few days. And I felt like, you know, I need to read my Bible. I haven't done it in a while. I need to make sure I do this. And that little thought, that that little tiny seed is is dangerous. And I felt like God was saying that right there is the root of all of the the workspace thing is you have this compulsive need to pray, to do all these things. Um, when in fact, even if you did nothing at all, I would still love you the same as if you did everything. Yeah. And just experiencing that in that moment, like it's been so freeing for me. It's like, even like, and this is what I'll ask even the listeners. This is how you really can tell if if what you're living right now has some of that workspace stuff in it. Ask yourself if you if you did nothing positive for the rest of your life, if you never read your Bible, if you never went to church. If you never prayed, if you didn't do any of that thing, any of those things for the rest of your life, would God still love you the same? And if there's part of you that thinks, you know what, maybe not, like maybe I should be doing these things more because that's kind of what makes me a little bit more loved by God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those things are that those that's the root of everything. Those little tiny seeds that say, if you don't do this, then you're not where you're supposed to be. That that's the problem, and so. And that's just been that's been super convicting for me, and that's something that I've been, man. It's it's been super freeing because I realized that that God is so much more loving, and I can be my because God made me the way that He made me. Yeah. And and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna say one more thing that because we had another prayer night this last. We've been just in this nonstop prayer thing at our church. It's been awesome. Um, which we've kind of been in that for the last five years, but this just been at a new measure these last few weeks. But we um. I, so, I, I I pictured this, and I'm, I'm gonna try to explain this the best I can. But as I was like contemplating and really praying, I had this picture of like a stage and how we've kind of been taught that we're dancing for the audience of one. Like God's out in the audience watching us dance, and we're trying our best to make sure that we dance right. But when we mess up, excuse me, when we mess up, it's like God stands up and starts booing. Mm-hmm. because he didn't like what he saw when um i feel like the better picture is that we're not on a stage at all nor is there an audience but rather we are actually dancing with god he's mm-hmm. engaging us with the dance when we trip and fall he actually takes that and says you know what i'm going to catch you and use this as part of our dance and it's a non-stop dance of like it doesn't matter if you dance well. Like all you got to do is follow his footing. Let him lead you in the dance. Yeah. Um, and that brings me back to the song we dance. Like there's one. There's a line. Um, well, there's a couple lines. My my favorite line though of the entire song is uh, it's a part. The first part of the second verse. It says, "I've been told to pick up my sword and fight for love, but little did I know that love had won for me." Mm, yeah. Oh man. Like I'm already. Like, I got to be careful. I'm gonna start crying. But it's just like when you realize that that there's nothing left to prove that God, like if God wanted a show, he would have made a show, but he created people that he could have a relationship with and love and care for it. The good, the bad, and the, that's what a marriage is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful marriage, a beautiful dance. And so anyways, I'm, I'm kind of long-winded now, but man, it's just been that this whole thing about works is has been messing me up, especially lately, because I thought I had it down, but there's those little areas of my life where it's like, I feel like I need to do more, but mm-hmm. the reason I feel like I need to do more is because I feel like if I don't, then I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and that's not at all how God sees it. So, But yeah, that's that's been messing me up. Sure. Yeah, I totally get it. And my, my biggest thing, you know, for a long time is when I would mess up or when I, if I would fail or if I you know, wouldn't keep one of the commandments is I would, you know, I always thought that God was just asking that cosmic question of why, like what, like what's wrong with you, Daniel? Like, why do you do what you do? Um, But then you come to the realization of 
well, he loves me and mm-hmm. he knows why I do what I do. I don't have to explain it to him. Like he, he knows me for who I am and loves me for who I am. Um, yeah. So man, no, listen, it's, it's right on. And by the way, that song is, it's, it's a few years old now, but man, it's such a powerful song. Oh um, yeah. I cry every time I listen to it. Yeah. Every time. No, it's it's amazing. Looking back on it, I wish I would have used that song to some extent when I'd gotten married to Hannah, like in our wedding somehow. Uh, just because yeah. I just I think it's 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 so beautiful. Um, but you know, and let me say this: I know this podcast has been a little different. In fact, what, before me and Matt started this podcast, I told him I kind of have an idea of what I want to talk about, but I don't want to mention anything at all. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, about what we're going to talk about. I just want to see what it looks like if we just start talking and see where it goes. And I'll be completely honest with you, Matt, this is not at all what I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> but it flowed so well. And obviously, this is something that we both have has kind of been in the back of our minds, you yeah, know, for sure. to an extent. And I, I thought we, we had, we asked for good questions. And obviously, we feel a certain way about it. We've experienced this, you know, to some extent. And I think it's something that is, it's still prevalent. I think it'll always kind of be a part of like, um, of Christian culture to an extent, uh, just because that's just kind of the way it was for a while. Um, and so when, you know, when we've kind of battled with this precedent of, you know, um, faith, you know, uh, like works within faith and that being, how we are seen before God. That's how he views us based off of our works. Um, it's going to take a while for us as Christians to, to understand and accept the reality of, you know, that it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. And, and it's not who God is. Um, yeah. But no, man, listen, I, it's just, um, he's just, he just loves us so much. Uh, for anyone's listening, just, just know that he loves you so much. Um, I, I, I can never understand the, the depth, the width, the heights of his love. All right. I, I've, I've been in ministry for a few years now. I've been a Christian for most of my life. I've grown up in ministry. Um, I, I, I can truly never, never grasp. It's indescribable. It's, it's unimaginable how much he loves you. Um, and if I can end with anything, uh, my final thought is stop being so hard on yourself because yes. he loves you just the way you are. I would start singing, you know, the Bruno Mars song. Uh, that's <laughs> what came to my mind right away. Uh, but I, I, I want to keep our, our listeners. So it kind of fits, man. It does. I like, I, it yeah. does. Uh, yep. In a lot of ways, but Matt, do you have anything you want to say before we kind of close this bad boy out? No, I would just echo what you just said. Like really wrestle with that question. Like, like why do you do what you do? It, how much do you rely on your ability to produce and in, in how you see God and how you think God sees you? Because that, that answer will affect the entire rest of your life. Because I just over these last few weeks, realizing that I don't have to do everything, I, I don't really have to do anything. I can just mm. simply be, and he's pleased. But the irony is through that, it's actually made me want to read my Bible more, want to pray more, want to do all these things more because now I'm doing it out of a desire to pursue him, not out of a desire to get him to be pleased with me. And so it's like, it, it's so, it's so much better than, than you could have imagined. And mm-hmm. cause I think that a lot of us have lived the salvation thing and it's been all religion. We've just been checking boxes our entire Christian life. And I'm telling you, like, this is a dangerous thing to say, but Stop! Just stop trying to do everything right, and just understand that God is unbelievably, infinitely in love with you, just the way that you are. No matter what you've done, no matter what you do going forward, He loves you just as like. There's nothing you can do to escape His love. Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing can escape. You can spit in His face, and He would say, "That's okay. I still love you." Like that's just the God that He is, mm-hmm. and. It's just that that alone, I think, will transform your entire life if you realize just how in love he is. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about the whole, um, I think, I can't remember what we called it. I think we called it like the, something about jealousy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, name, his name is Jealous. His name is Jealous. Yeah, 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 yeah. those episodes. Um, so if you haven't listened to those, I'd recommend going back. Like, 
we do a two part two parter on that. But man, it's just yeah, there's nothing that you have to do. He's so unbelievably jealous for you um, because of who he made you the way that he made you. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with you as intrinsically. You are everything he created you to be, and he says that you are good. Um, but yeah, that's everything I got. It's been super. It's been a blessing too. I've been loving this conversation. I, honestly, he didn't say this because I don't think he wanted to step on my toes. But I'll say it when he. And I my personality is I like to be pre planned, and so when I hear that we're about to do things spontaneous, I get nervous. Yeah. Well, um, listen, I'm right there with you because uh, I'm the same way. It's just, man, I was leaving church tonight. I was like, dude, we just. I just want to change it up. I just want to see what happens. I yeah, I, good, I have though. found that whenever I try, whenever I'm feeling anxious about something not going the way that I want it to go, uh, God tends to do something amazing. And so I am trying to make space and be more open to, to moments and conversations like that. So listen, I'm right there with you. I was, listen, I was telling you this and my heart was only half in it because I really didn't <laughs> want to do it either. But you know, God, God has a way, man. And, 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 yeah. and, and always he knows what he's doing. But listen, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you so much for taking time out to just listen to a couple of goobers uh, just rattle on about things. Um, we are, what podcast number is this? Um, this is, I think, 15, I believe. Dang. Or fif- six, 16, 16. 16, man. We're, 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 gosh, yeah, we're getting there. I, it's crazy to think we, we started this back in November, I think. Um, so, yeah, man, we're just trucking right along. But once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, any type of resources that we have for you in regards to this podcast or just, um, you know, uh, Christianity in general, Uh, who Jesus is, that will be in the show notes below. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. You can find our socials below along with our email address. Um, And as always, once again, Altered Nation, we are out. (laughs) 